Agwande and welcome to Untold Story, who is South Africa, a series that tells the untold stories and the unsung heroes of our country, which I feel needs to be part of the South African classroom. And I'm your host, Pindile Masanav. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the history, or rather, the struggles of black women in South Africa. South Africa is now considered as one of the most unequal countries in the world. And that's in terms of race, gender, and class. But race and gender seem to be the most prominent. Not forgetting that South Africa is actually the rape capital of the world. In today's episode, we are going to get into why there's a need for feminism, or much rather, womanism in South Africa, which is better is a better intersectionalized term for the struggles of black women in South Africa. And this needs to be, needs, it's a conversation we need to have because we there's a constant erasure of black women in the roles of fighting against system of, of oppression. And I feel like it's the very same reason why when we think about Mandela, we think about her like as sort of like the only black woman that actually revolted against the system. And I feel that was very deliberate in how they did things. They were deliberate in making it that like when we think about um, black women that have actually shaken the system, it's only a few people we think of. And to come to think of it, she was actually also like brutalized like in the 90s Good, good TRC. So, in pre-colonial South Africa, as women or women had the status of being agricultural producers, farmers basically. So they worked on the land, and this had um, a certain status associated with it. But let me note, let me give you a note that this episode is far beyond just status. It's it's more of a root of how patriarchy started infiltrating. Um, our ways and into and it became a part of us i'm not sure if you get me and i think this in turn make black men the owners of of patriarchy when most of it was just like given to them but they turned out to actually like it and celebrate it till date so one thing we must understand that patriarchy is deeply rooted in capitalism and with capitalism came um the oppression of women specifically black women so if we um get into um south africa's history so south africa's history we know in 1652 um colonialists arrive and whatnot but then even though they arrive in the 1700s and the 1800s they came the they called themselves the wood trekkers so they trekked through umzans and discovered um, diamonds in Kimberley, I think in 1862, gold in Witwatersrand, now known as Johannesburg in 1886. So as they discover these things and they try, they understand our land, they interact with people, right? So they start knowing, oh, those people have resources. Mm, they dispossess the indigenous people of their land, their animals and their resources. And this happened via the British and the Dutch companies. So I think then this all of this meant that one our people could not own land 
two as a woman um before um the 1930 native land acts you could only own land in relation to a status like if you married and that sort of thing but also to come to think about it, you don't own it your spouse owns it so you could only have land if you married you understand so with all of this was a gender shift but be- before all of that let me try to give you something so in all of this trekking via umzanzi interacting with indigenous people white men actually had their way with black women and they did this because they came it was to see how black women felt and they were in particular fascinated by how the body structure of south african women was like what it was like being with an african but if we're being honest it was utter sexual harassment and this was done to and this to me was the dawn of the violent nature in how men treat women or treated women in South Africa. Another woman who was raped was Krotua. I think there's um like a movie about about her even and how she was raped by a man who had raised her. I think she was like a, she was like a commissioner of some sort at the time. But this man had his way with her but also it wasn't deemed as rape. It was sort of like the more these things happened, the more they started being normalized. So from this, we get that white men wanted to sexually exploit black women because being with a black woman as an equal or as a lover scrutinized their status. So rape was the rule of engagement. Do you understand? And this um, continued throughout. This continued through... Um, the days of people being in exile. Let's think about how black women were, were in spaces where they're supposed to be safe, space, spaces like where they joined the struggle, but black women were actually har- sexually harassed in these spaces by their male counterparts or comrades in the na- late 1900s. Track back. This is something that began in the 1600s, right? But now it's carrying out in the 1900s. And I think this is how culture perpetuates itself. Because rape was actually, rape, to my own understanding, is bad culture that South Africa has. And it reminds, this reminds me of a story of Umam Spongile Kumal, who left at the tender, tender age of 14 to join the struggle. And at 15, she was training under the military wing of um, the Pan-African Congress, where she was raped by a leader which for many reasons I will not name. And the fact that I can't even name him speaks a lot to how, as black women, we always silence even in spaces where we're supposed to feel safe. It reminds me of a story about Umamili Mazibugo, a woman who organized safe routes for comrades to Eswatin. But she was raped not once, not twice, but three times by the very same comrades. So... They even went to the extent of cutting her genitals. (laughs) And let's think about it. This is just two stories of hundreds of many stories where women have been silenced for the sake of protecting the black revolution. And it all started, it was all started by the capitalist white men because hierarchies and capitalism allow them to be at the top and create norms. And the other ones follow. And I say that black men are comfortable with this because 
I feel like they're comfortable because they also like it. They they like their power position. They like how they can use their power to actually um use women's bodies in in a manner that bona they they like and I feel like they're in a comfortable space and they're always going to be in the comfortable space if they always say nah but the white man um is a person I actually started raping black women but it's it's a culture in South Africa I think rape is an important part of our history I'm not saying we must celebrate it but we must acknowledge that it happens and its roots in our country besides the rape sexual harassment and all of that um so I told you that there was the discovery of minerals and all of that. And through this discovery, there was this position of land, right? So now black women are actually changing from being food producers to labor producers with mining. Understand that not every black African woman in South Africa in pre-colonial times was a farmer, but majority were. So that was like a majority major shift. So now they moved to producing labor for the mines and the farms so now black women actually have to be the ones that are actually going to push this uh, settler colony industrial state of south africa so they must give birth and nurture these children so so even with families that were far from mining right you'd find that for you guys to stay in the farm because you've been dispossessed of land a male figure would have to work on the farm so that you could get sheltered it was some form of rent and if there wasn't any bendingi so meaning that you would be chased out of the farm and mind you this happened until the 1970s and 80s to some even the 1990s so you understand how deeply rooted these laws replicate or a ripple effect into a lot of events that happen into our lives so and all of this is after like the 1930 Native Lands Act that black um, the 90% of the land was to be owned by white people. So what I want you to see her here is a shift in gender roles. Gender roles as in let men work and women nature. So you'd find that um, in boys are now raised to know when I grow up, I'm going to work in the farms. When... I grew up, I'm going to do this and this, I must provide for my family. But at the same time, women are being told, no, nature and nature children and all of that. So men would work in the farms and the mines, but for women, it was mostly domestic work. And it's still seen even today in South Africa, a lot of women are actually doing domestic work. And I think the fact that women were not allowed in these industrial jobs it's even the fact why today, I think last week, we celebrated Umam Noli Tafagute for being the first CEO of the Mineral Council, who's a black woman. And the Mineral Council of South Africa has existed for 131 years in a country where most of the demographics are made by women. So you must understand that the history of women cannot be separated from the black struggle but also it cannot be minimized to the black struggle and in as much as we want to participate in spaces of feminism we must understand that our fight is not similar to the fight a white woman has to fight 
I think we've we've all established that that no, it's kind of different, but also it's different that even if we want to be part of the black revolution, there's a lot of things we must give in for it to move forward. Women in the MK didn't have to be raped so that black people could be liberated, but that happened because societal hierarchies are actually a thing. And I think this episode is going to be a two-part episode. The next episode is going to be on the womanism um, part on the womanism part of South Africa and I think it's stories that need to be told, stories that we need to know that our history has not always been shining, it has not always been that nah it's the case with Sonia Makua yes Sonia Makua that is clear but what have we done as black people to perpetuate whatever notions or things that they want us to push and I think this goes to black men that have abused black women in the past and how this has perpetuated a culture of rape in South Africa. It is not a thing that begins now. It has long begun. And I think the biggest issue is that we're always being silenced as black women. Krotua was silenced because they regarded he regarded the person as the master. <laughs> think about how Sarah Batman was raped throughout her life. Her body was an exhibit. Her remains did not even get to South, to South Africa until early 2000. So we must always think about how much black women have had to give themselves in history. Like they have literally had to, to give themselves. In as much as black women have fought and whatnot, we must acknowledge what has been done to them. And I think these things are not things that are being spoken. Yes. It's it's being said, you know, black people were dispossessed, but I think black women lost a lot, and black men are not ready to acknowledge that. I think I'm a bit emotional, like after today's episode. But I be matunga mali until we meet again to talk about womanism in the next episode. I be matunga mali.